You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Anchor Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe alongside Jake Martin from the Washita Citizen. We went to the locker room at halftime, and I told Jake we're going to have a better 8 o'clock hour than we did a 7 o'clock hour. Yeah, like the Mud Dogs. You know what I'm talking about? No. Waterboard, man. Oh, okay. Uh, well, one way to kick it off and get it started right is just talk about the SEC West. And, yeah, of course, true. how this thing's going to unfold as our college football preview how continues. How this thing's going to unfold. We've seen this story before, oh, yeah. right? So is it still compelling television? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Alabama, I just look at their schedule. I look at what they return. I remember that Nick Saban is their coach. Mm-hmm. And I go, why will they even lose a game this year? You know, they have a deep running back rotation. They have a national championship winning quarterback in Tua, who I think is going. <laughs> I'm just going to – I don't like to even try to say his last name. You know who I'm talking about. No, but giving all the love to Tua over Jalen Hurts. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. I, I could there be, be any chance that this could derail Alabama? You're talking about like Saban wouldn't handle this situation right. No. no. Any more questions? <laughs> So, uh, you've got Tua, you've got an experience off of the line, you've got a defense that has five stars coached by Nick Saban. Of course they're going to be good. Of course they're going to be the team to beat. I'm not breaking any news here. But, you know, if they lose a game, I think it'll be shocking just because, yet again, the schedule favors Alabama. And I guarantee you, this fall, you're going to have people crying over who Alabama gets to play um, how the SEC schedule has favored them. Because you look at it, they get a Louisville team without Lamar Jackson. The point spread on that is minus 25 right now. And honestly, I'm still thinking about taking Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so then you go to Arkansas State and ULL uh, and what, the Citadel as the other non-conference games. Give me a break. And then you look at who they draw from the SEC East, and it's Missouri and Tennessee. Now, Missouri, you know, might be fun to watch just because they have Drew Lockett quarterback, but I can't name you a second reason as to why they would knock off Alabama. Alabama's pretty scared of Missouri. They made them their homecoming opponent. (laughs) Exactly. They have. That's true. I know. Well, there you go. Um, So, anyway, I I just look at the schedule. I I look at what they return, and – they have back-to-back road games against Tennessee and then LSU. Obviously, they'll get the get a bye. bye week heading into the Tigers game. Yeah. So what are we even talking about here? Yeah. I mean, and and they've dominated LSU. It's when you're when you're talking about Alabama and LSU. I know we have a lot of LSU fans, but when we talk about that, we talk about that like we talk about LSU, Texas A&M. I mean, they're the big brother right now. They're not scared of little brother. So, you know, we'll we'll see if LSU can. LSU's been more competitive, I would say, in the last two years, but there's still quite a gap, right? And I think Orgeron's doing a good job of reducing that gap with these recruiting classes in the trenches. I don't think that benefits LSU this year, 
But you look at LSU. I think 2019's the 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 year for them. The year that they could actually you know start being in the conversation of winning the SEC because I think those guys are going to be one year better. So offensively, let me get this right. The offensive line they have coming back is probably ranked as one of the top five in the country. You have two quality, if not exceptional, quarterbacks, and you Easy. got and Jalen Hurts. He's not as, a, as a freshman. Jalen Hurts is one of the most exciting players to watch in the open field. He's not consistent throwing the football. He he never has been. But Alabama's so good that all he has to do is provide a a, a deep ball here and there. Just provide one one or two good deep balls over the course of a game, and they will win that football game and probably win it by uh, you know double digits. All right. So obviously solid at quarterback, offensive line, and then you got Damian Harris coming back rush for what a thousand yards and the stat that pops out he uh no other running back in tied history has a better career yard per carry than him at 6.7 yards per he's carry. still slept on too yeah people still don't give him the respect he deserves i don't know what it is about damian harris he averaged seven and a half yards per carry last year i don't know if it's because bo scarborough looks like a superhero yeah you know, uh, if if that's the reason, or you know, and people still aren't talking about him this year. They're talking about the other running. He backs. had 135 uh, carries last year for that seven and a half yard average. You compare that to Scarborough with his 124 carries. He just averaged a four and a half yards per carry. Yeah, but Alabama, they're going to win the SEC West. Let's not kid ourselves. So the next team, who who could upset Alabama? I well, think everybody would say Auburn. I think Auburn's the team we all have to look at next. And you know, even though everybody's playing catch up to Alabama, Auburn does have a quarterback who was successful against Alabama last year in Jarrett Stidham. So that's something to hang your hat on. Um, you know, they have to though they though they return Stidham, they still have to replace four guys on their offensive line. That always concerns me. Always. I will always bring that up because that just, you know, you never know how well an offensive line is going to gel before the season and if they're going to be able to to dominate in the trenches. I mean, and you're throwing that inexperienced offensive line right into the fire out of the get-go against Washington. Washington and then the third People week. People scoff of it, at that, though. Well, they were making fun not, of Washington Well, we said yesterday. it yesterday. They weren't physical enough. Yeah. Well, we get to find out first game of the season. And then the third game, of course, at home versus LSU. Yeah, which they've had a lot of success at home against LSU, uh, but that's still, you know, you're talking about a front seven from LSU that's going to be tough to deal with. Okay, you can make all the jokes you want about LSU. You can't really uh, pick on that front seven that they have. So, yeah, that's concerning. But, you know, Gus Malzahn, I think he can hang his hat on this. Clemson, by far, has the best defensive line in college football. But I don't think Auburn's too far behind. Auburn has a really, really good defensive line with Marlon Davidson, Derek Brown, and Don Travis Russell. I think all three guys are going to be future NFL players. So that, you know, although they, they might have questions on one side of the ball, the other side of the ball, they should dominate the trenches in, in that aspect. So that's a good thing. Um, that plus the fact that, um, you know, you, you do return Stidham, and a lot of people believe that this is going to be the year that he really lights it up. He had – he had some really good moments last year. He had some not-so-great moments, but I think this is the year he has a full full season where you're just like, man, Jared Stidham, he's, he's the real deal. Threw uh, for 18 touchdowns last year with six interceptions. Yeah, so Auburn could maybe give them trouble. Plus, it's a rivalry game, and we know 
Iron Bowl, a lot of crazy things happen there. So you never know. If, if Auburn is in the position to, to win the SEC West in the last game of the season, we definitely give them a shot to take down Alabama, although Alabama should be favored. All right, this is where it gets interesting in the SEC West. Uh, who's the third best team? Would it be Mississippi State, Texas A&M, LSU, or Arkansas? Or Ole Miss. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I got to go Mississippi State just because – Nick Fitzgerald returns. I know people were like, well, how healthy is he? Um, yeah, that's a good question to have. But if he returns to full health, if he's what he was last year, and you combine that with Joe Moorhead, I don't think the offense is going to take too big of a, a drop-off after losing Dan Mullen to Florida. I mean, I, I think that highly of Moorhead. And listen, if you consider Fitzgerald the, the, the fourth-best quarterback in this conference, that's a pretty good league of quarterbacks. Who would you have ahead of him? Uh, Stidham, Locke, Tua. Would you put Bentley ahead of him? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So maybe fifth best. Yeah. Um, that's a good, good point. Hey, Tua. You might even put Tua. Um, so I, did. I had Tua third. Oh, you had Tua. Okay. Um, maybe Jalen Hurts ahead of him, too. <laughs> Stop. But Mississippi State, you know, even if Fitzgerald isn't the same guy, I expect him to be the same guy, even if he isn't. I think they're going to be one of the most physical teams in the country. You remember after Tech played Mississippi State last year, you remember the comments Skip Holtz made just talking about Mississippi State's front seven and that defensive line? That defensive line is still there, man. They're, they're going to be unbelievable. Jeffrey Simmons, I think, is one of the best college football players in America. Uh, the offensive line is going to be physical as well. They're going to be really good too. So both sides of the ball, they're going to be tough. I think that's why I put them third. Uh, Fitzgerald had those 15 touchdown passes last year, but also had 11 interceptions. Of course, the dual threat that he is, uh, 14 rushing touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. The only thing is, I think LSU might get them this year just because of the way that Mississippi State put that beating on them last year. Anytime you have a situation like that, you know that's that, that motivates these players. And LSU has athletes. And I think you know when, when Mississippi State has to come back to Baton Rouge, LSU, I, I might take LSU in that game. So, for that reason, LSU could finish ahead of them. Either way, I think it's Mississippi State and LSU at three and four, one way or the other. Um, I put A&M at fifth. Put A&M at fifth just because we don't know yet. We don't know what what they're going to look like with Jimbo and 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 with 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 Elko with the, with the, with the new defense. So. And the problem the Aggies have with uh, Jimbo Fisher, of course, uh, they get thrown right into that fire with uh, Clemson and Alabama, two of the the biggest opponents, and then they all come in the first four weeks. Exactly. Exactly. By and the way, uh, ULM is sandwiched in between Clemson and Alabama. Hey, upset. Um, so because of that, I you know I, I don't think I don't know I don't think that they'll. And plus, LSU is on Texas A&M. We can't sit here and act like A&M should be ranked ahead of LSU until we actually see A&M go out there and beat LSU. Yeah. It's the same argument I had about LSU and Bama, right? We can't sit here and live in this fantasy world that LSU has a chance to win the SEC West when they haven't been able to beat Alabama. So uh, same can be said about A&M and LSU. We'll wrap up the uh, SEC West, of course, uh, with LSU, Arkansas, and Mississippi coming up here uh, at 8.30. But up next, Santoria Black will join us from the SWAC Media Day. What is expected out of Grambling this year, especially offensively with the loss of the Stars and Devontae Kincaid and Martez Carter? Sand will provide the answers coming up after the break. 
Time to talk some football. It's that time of the year, Jake. Media, Media days. days. Swack, of course, getting things kicked off today. Santoria Black, the voice of the Grambling Tigers, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. San, how are you doing this morning, bud? Greetings, gentlemen. How are you this morning? Uh, not as well as you are. you got to be fired up, man. You get an opportunity to talk a little less uh, Swack football today. Oh, absolutely. This is that time of the year when you know vacations are just about over with, and, and you know that you can now smell it in the air once those football conference media days come. And so, uh, yeah, we are really excited. There's a lot of storylines this year here at the uh, SWAC media days. Of course, uh, one of the biggest storylines is that half the coaches turned over up in the past year. So you have five new coaches this year in the conference. All right, Sam, let's start with another headline. That, of course, uh, it was announced that they were getting ready, getting rid of the SWAC championship game. Yesterday they come out, the league announces that it's back and it's, of course, going to be played in Birmingham. Talk to me a little bit about the logistics, why it first was decided to be canceled and now they're bringing it back and it will be in Birmingham. Well, one of the reasons why the Council of Presidents uh, decided to cancel the game in its in that state was because they felt like that there was just way too much money the conference was putting out from the standpoint of, you know, renting NRG, you know, some of the different things that were, you know, going on. Of course, the travel of the staff and, and the support staff from Birmingham going over two pieces. There was just a lot of expense involved with it. And so now they met at the screen meetings, the council presidents and the athletic directors all agreed that if you were going to really make sure that you crown a true champion, especially when you're still in divisional play, that you had to make sure certain that you had a championship game. You know, we looked at a scenario even last year uh, that if they did not have a championship game, Jackson State, they could go 7-0. and Ramlin could go 7-0. Neither team would play each other. So how do you determine accomplished champions? So they got together. They partner now with the city of Birmingham. The mayor will be here today to talk a little bit about the partnership because it won't only be football, but it will also be basketball that will be back here in Birmingham. So they decided this is the best thing to do to make sure you can crown a true champion. And so they'll have the black championship game in, here in Birmingham at Legion Field, and then the basketball tournament will be over at the Birmingham Crossplay. The biggest knock, of course, San, was the fact that you can't control weather. That's why they liked it, of course, down in Houston. I guess they feel like they just got to roll the dice now on Mother Nature. Yeah, that's, that's going to be the biggest thing. There's nothing that you can really do about the weather. When you go to indoor stadiums, it costs inherently more money than it does when you go to outdoor stadiums. And, you know, look, guys, I tell you, when you're talking about lowering expenses in this economy, you know, conferences and presidents are all about that to make certain that uh, the conference is healthy. And so that's one of the things that they talked about in, in making sure that this game was healthy, that the conference was healthy. And so they'll go back to Legion Field here uh, in the first weekend in December. San, we uh, were doing the top ten college football games uh, earlier this week, and then, of course, we pointed out with our local schools the game that we are looking forward to the most. You take out, of course, uh, the Bayou Classic. What is the game that we should circle on our calendars related to Grambling? Grambling Prairie View, there's no question. When you look at uh, Eric Dooley, who was the offensive coordinator at Grambling, now going over to Prairie View A&M, the State Fair Classic will have a ton of headlines. Uh, for that game. And there are a lot of people who are anticipating that game as well. Prairie View has done a lot in recruiting. Coach Dooley has signed some really good kids. And so I think that's probably the other game that I would circle on the calendar as a State Fair Classic because it will be the matchup of former offensive coordinator and then, of course, his uh, former boss, Robert Bob. 
I had uh, the opener versus uh, ULLLL and the fact that you're playing with house money. Uh, not a lot of people are expecting Grambling to go down there and spoil Napier's uh, homecoming, or not his homecoming, but his first uh, game as the Cajuns head coach. Well, I think if you're looking at the non-conference, yeah, you can definitely look at that. But I guess I'm looking at it from the standpoint of how the conference can be determined. And uh, But that's definitely a game of intrigue when you look at Grambling and ULL. It's a drivable game for fans in North Louisiana to go on down to Lafayette and enjoy a great weekend, a tremendous environment. And that's, you know, I look at that schedule, you look at the first two games with Grambling and Northwestern, and those are two state games, and two games that fans can definitely get to. So the support from the Grambling night should be great. Broderick Fobbs has to be considered what he has done at Grambling, especially over the last two years with the Tigers. He's got to be the rock star at the SWAC Media Day, correct? Well, definitely. Uh, when you look at it, they've got uh, a lot of guys on this first uh, all-conference first team. Uh, you look at what this team is, is able to do, and I tell you, it has really been uh, a great ride here for Coach Bob. As a matter of fact, I was looking at the all-conference team last night and uh, looking at uh, the guys. Grambling's got the most guys of anybody. They've got William Waddell and Kyle Davis and Darrell uh, Clark. I think we lost Sam there for a second. We'll work on getting uh, him back. Of course, SWAC Media Day uh, kicking off here, I believe, at 10 a.m. down in Birmingham. Talk about Grambling, of course, the expectations for this year. Once again, they're sky high. It's going to be an interesting year, though, just because of the, the number of players that they lost. And you, know, you can always say Grambling has a huge target on its back. But with what they've accomplished over the course of the last two years, especially, even more so. Yeah, I'm excited to see the defense kind of take center stage, meaning the defense was so good last year for Grambling, yet we were so busy always talking about Kincaid and, and, and Marquez Carter. Sam, who who bumped into you, man? Who who do we need to I don't know with? what the heck happened. I think it was the imaginary <laughs> camera guy, man. You know, they're always bumping us radio guys around when we start doing covers. I don't and know Rightfully what so. Rightfully so. <laughs> you guys should have a first preference. Uh, we were met- we were talking about uh, Fives and the job that he's done at Grambling, and, of course, the attention that he will get, rightfully so, today at the media day. Yeah, he'll get a ton of attention today by a lot of the media. They're going to ask about him trying to repeat, uh, of course, uh, between Grambling and Alcorn. They'll both get a lot of attention. But, you know, Fives is 39-11 and 11 in four seasons. He has 15 all-conference selections, 10 on the first team. And I think when you look at the first team defense, there's like five guys there, Linwood Banks, uh, Clark, Brandon Varner, Christmas, of course, who was preseason defensive player of the year, and Percy Cargo. And then you got Marco Rosco on the special teams. And then you still have guys on the second team with uh, Holes, with, um, with the Malcolm Williams was also on the team, and Dedrick Shy. So there are so many guys uh, who are making up this uh, first and second team. They just all are all over. And then Alcorn, they're right there with them. They have 11 all-conference selections. And so those are your two uh, preseason uh, winners in each division, Grambling and Alcorn, and they're looking for another another addition of Grambling Alcorn in the SWAC championship game in Birmingham, according to the poll. San, the major story offensively is how do you replace Kincaid and Carter? Who are the next uh, stars that are about to emerge for about to emerge for Grambling? Well, you know Higginbottom, of course, is there, but you also have a great transfer that's coming in, and you know when you're going from Division One to to FCS. Uh, you can play right away. And so you've got a battle at quarterback, which I think is going to be really good. Is, uh, you know, Higgin, Higginbottom is, is right now the guy that they're looking at. 
Uh, but I think that when you have start camp, the battle is going to be on. Uh, the other thing that I think you're going to have to look at is you got some young quarterbacks that are also coming in. But, you know, look, we, we have to be honest. Devontae Kincaid was a, a phenomenal athlete. And I, and I think that one of, the fan, one of the things that fans will have to look at is you can't replace a guy like that. You just have to keep on going. I mean, he's, not, he's going to be a one-of-a-kind type of athlete. And so, you know, Higginbottom is a little taller. The transfer is a little taller. Uh, you've got some really good guys that are coming in from the standpoint of, uh, some, you know, good arms and good legs. And so uh, going into camp, that's, that's kind of how Coach Bob is going to look at that. How much are you looking for today? What's the number one storyline? You talked about, of course, uh, the number of new head coaches in the league. Is there anything else to follow today? Yeah, you know, the conference uh, championship game is, is number one. You know, a lot of people are going to ask that question to interim commissioner Edgar Gantz and, you know, why the game developed, why it, uh, they're going to be played in Birmingham at Legion Field. Uh, that's going to be the, the top story. As a matter of fact, I was talking to some media members last night from Mississippi and they're all asking that question, uh, you know, you know, how did this game redevelop it? I think that in some aspects, Aaron, a lot of guys felt that that game was going to have to be played just from a structural standpoint. But uh, I think that because of the way it ended last year, you know, it ended on a great note, you know, with a, with a great championship game. But uh, that's going to be a story. The five new head coaches will be a story. Uh, I think it's going to be huge. And, and, boy, the job that Tony Hughes has done, at uh, Jackson State University, you know, he had a, a, a defense that was, was uh, really good last year. But now all of a sudden, you look at his offense uh, coming back this year, and it's going to be uh, led by Hal Mummy, who's got 26 years of experience as an offensive guru. So that ought to be interesting. Sam, as always, we appreciate the time, bud. Thank you. Take care, brothers. Y'all be safe. You too. Uh, it'll be interesting just uh, the exposure that the SWAT gets because typically – SWAC Media Day would follow the SEC Media Days, and a lot of times, of course, with uh, it being in Birmingham, they would get just a lot of media members that stay Double over dip. from the – Yeah. And then now, of course, they had to change things up with the SEC Media Days moving to Atlanta. Yeah. So, you're right. I, I am curious to see what the turnout is like today and uh, media participation. We'll have some coverage tonight on KNOE. Shameless plug. Let's take a time out. Coming up next, we'll continue our SEC preview and also our conversations with legendary coaches. You'll hear more from uh, from Eddie Robinson coming up after the break. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7 is back after this. All right, Jake, you need to bring it here in the final 30 minutes on this Friday. We continue to break down the conferences in college football, the SEC, of course. Talk about it today. We're going to talk a lot about it next week also, of course, with the SEC Media Days, breaking down every single team. But we're over on the West, and, of course, obviously Alabama at the top, Auburn, Mississippi State. We've discussed Texas A&M. Every day we talk about LSU, so I don't even know if we need to go there or not. Not really. Um, How about Arkansas? This is the intriguing one. And, you know, we talked about expectations. We talked about polls that the Hogs have, and a lot of fans are anticipating uh, five or six wins. But you look at the schedule, uh, just three SEC road games. Could be favored perhaps by six or six or seven games. You got to give Alabama, uh, Arkansas, Arkansas? Uh, Arkansas a fighting chance to have a decent record with the number of players that they have coming you back. You are such a Chad Morris homer. There was something worse I wanted to say, but we'll, we'll stick with that. <laughs> um, you know, I actually have Arkansas last. Ooh. I have them behind Ole Miss. Oh, they're going to start 3-0. 
Okay, Eastern let's, Illinois. Let's go through their schedule. Eastern go, Illinois. Go through it game by game. Eastern Illinois. This is always good radio. When? At Colorado State. Mm. I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll give them a win. Uh, North Texas. Win. Then at Auburn. Definite loss. Uh, then in Arlington, then they got the Aggies. Huge ball game. Uh, loss. Then they're going to travel to Alabama. Loss. Then in Little Rock, they'll get Mississippi. I think Ole Miss wins that game. All right. That puts them that's at four. The, that's the swing game. That puts them at four wins. Then, of course, uh, they're going to no. go. What? I said Ole Miss. Oh. That puts them at three wins. Still at three. And you had Colorado State as a questionable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then Here, they're going to have to go to Tulsa. Is that right? No. They got Tulsa at home. Yeah, that's a win. Here's here's what. Dude, they got a nice stretch here of uh, home games. Uh, I know one of them's in Little Rock. But Alabama, Mississippi, Tulsa, Vandy, and LSU. Yeah, so here's my question with Arkansas. They have a lot to prove in year one with Chad Morris. And I'm, I, I want to see what Chad Morris does, an offensive guru, with a guy like Cole Kelly, who I just think is a very interesting quarterback. It's not a, a traditional quarterback by any means. Um, but that defense, Aaron, mm-hmm. let's talk about that defense. Mm-hmm. They allowed 36 points per game last year. Mm-hmm. 440 yards per game last season. Now, Here's a stat for you. They gave up 7.1 yards per play in the SEC. Mm. 7.1 yards per play. Chad Morris, is he an offensive guy or a defensive guy? Remind me. Uh, he would be an offensive guy. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, well, that just means uh, you get the defense off the field faster. That's right. Get your offense back on the field. Yeah. That, that, that's a good way to, way to uh, turn that one around. No, I just think it's going to take some time. Is it going to take some time for Arkansas? He has to get out there in Texas. The reason why this works is because of his Texas connections, and he has to get some of those athletes out of Texas. Listen, they're going to be favored. Eastern Illinois, Colorado State, North Texas, there's three wins. I would say maybe perhaps favored against Mississippi at home. There's four. Why? Uh, Tulsa at home, there's five. Vandy at home, there's six. And then, of course, uh, LSU, Mississippi State, and then at Missouri. So, favored in five of the games. Uh, we'll see what, what Missouri looks like at the end of the year. I don't know. Ole Miss, I'm predicting Ole Miss to finish higher than Arkansas because Jordan Tamu is a really good player. We saw that. I mean, for them to put him in after Shea Patterson got injured and not miss a beat, that was one of the biggest surprises of the year. You look at their receiving court, they have – the best receiving core in the conference, maybe the best receiving core in the nation. Mm-hmm. I'm not exaggerating there. You're talking about A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. DeMarcus Lodge is their third option. I mean, come on. Then you Great look, home field advantage versus Mississippi when they play in Little Rock. Six, eight, and one overall. <laughs> Good stat. That's bad. <laughs> anyway, I, th- I just think that's going to be another thing we can talk about. I think Arkansas is going to struggle this year. It's not going to happen overnight for Chad Morris. I mean, I think it can happen overnight for Dan Mullen and Jimbo Fisher, but I don't think it will for Chad He's Morris. He's going to have a better record than Ed Orgeron after the first three games. You can put that in the books. Yeah, I'll agree with that. 3-0, and 2-1, and one, but who have they played? Yeah. Uh, Ronnie says, okay, here we go. Oh, I will here call, goes Ronnie. I always I will, like Ronnie. I will call in Monday morning with my own three-minute segment called Where Jake Was Right and Where Jake Was Wrong. Yeah. I'll have three places right and three places wrong. Can't wait. See you all Monday. All right.
Nice. Looking forward to that, Ronnie. All right, uh, as we finish up this division, who do we have left? Well, I think we went through everybody, didn't we? I think Mississippi State's a team that I, I like, but I'm cautious about just because until they actually do it, you know, I, I just think they're uh, going to be constantly a pretender until they actually break through. Mm. And we haven't seen them break. We've seen them get close, but we haven't seen them actually win this, this Western division. But I just look at the experience in the trenches on both sides of the ball, a proven quarterback, a proven winner at quarterback, and an offensive guy like Joe Moorhead who did wonders at Penn State. That's a really good combination. I think Joe Moorhead is, is a budding superstar of a coach. I think he's going to be um, a really successful coach. So I, I, I think that's a winning combination. But, again, you're in one of the toughest divisions of football. Uh, we know how good Fitzgerald is. And Marcus points this out about his backup, uh, Thompson. Keaton Thompson. Uh, his backup is going to be very good, too. Sure. I just want to see that kid after watching him in that state championship game against West Virginia. Well, we saw him in the bowl game. Yeah, you're right. He had his moments, but he also yeah. he, he doesn't take care of the football very well. He fumbles a little bit too much. He's got to get better at that. There is your uh, SEC preview for today. I think we'll talk about the SEC a little bit next week. I think so. We'll always talk about the SEC. Uh, our conversations with Legendary Coaches series continues. We had some sound from uh, Eddie Robinson, of course, in the 7 o'clock hour. Some really good sound here from Robinson just on what it was like trying to get his players in the NFL draft and then watching them progress and what that meant for, of course, the SWAC ultimately and then his program. Here's Eddie Robinson. Somebody got to play in the NFL. This is uh, <laughs> this is the the other level for somebody playing. And uh, and and back in those uh, days when I started coaching, uh, this is where you got recognition. When Younger went into the NFL and made it, it just put a, a great focus on Grambling. After Younger, Grambling became a hotbed for future pros. Willie Davis, Buck Buchanan, Willie Brown, and Charlie Joyner are Pro Football Hall of Famers. When asked about his all-time favorite, Robinson made sure he did not step on any Hall of Fame toes. No. Don't ever. If I knew, I wouldn't say it. Never. Don't even do it with teens. As the Tigers rolled over opponents in the 50s and early 60s, critics continued to tell Robinson his black quarterbacks who relied on rollout passing could not compete in the drop-back happy National Football League. On national television, the legendary Howard Gosell confronted Robinson on that subject. I told him, I said, Howard, I don't mind being on the show. You know that, but I don't want you asking me those questions you always ask me. Oh, he said, oh, no, I won't do it. And the first thing he popped the mic out, he says, Eddie, well, you've been in coaching for a great number of years. Do you think you could uh, uh, teach a young black quarterback so that he would be able to lead an NFL team. So now here I am right here, and I'd ask him not to do that. And he thought, so I said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that can be done within a couple of years. Within a couple of years, he said, well, I sure would like to see it. On his way home from New York, Robinson started recruiting Shaq Harris. And, you know, as you go, he was drafted, and he started for Buffalo, and that was a great day in my life. How about that? What a Coach question. Rob and Howard Cosell. No, I won't ask you about that. And then the first thing you get the camera on, and hey, what's the deal? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. 
Yeah, that's that's uh that's foul play there. You do that all the time with coaches, right? No, nah, it'll be off the record. I won't ask you anything about that. And as soon as you get the recorder on. <laughs> yeah, but that question too, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, they did pretty well. And, of course, uh, getting Doug Williams into the Super Bowl. Here's Eddie Robinson on what that was like to watch Doug have that type of performance and to be there and to witness it. We had people in the first Super Bowl. I think Buck and Willard Davis and that kind of thing. But, you know, it got so far out that we wouldn't have anybody who could lead anybody to a Super Bowl. And uh, it's just like I told Willard Brown today in talking what it is to be the coach of one of the enshrinees uh, at Canton, Ohio on this greatest weekend uh, in uh, in pro football, when at the enshrinement, well, to be the quarterbacks coach at the Super Bowl, uh, I was uh, I was the guest of the NFL. Uh, I, they met me with a white limousine. The man was the chauffeur, and. He had to carry me every place they had for me to go to be there at the time, and he did. He was working in the commissioner's office, Pete Rosell, and you know Pete Rosell uh, uh, was with the Ram when Younger played, and uh, we'd always been a good friend. But uh, I tell you, it was really something being Doug Williams' coach. Like when Doug Williams came here, they said, uh, you know, Eddie did this for Doug. Uh, I didn't do anything, but Doug, Doug came here throwing the ball. I just taught him our system, and uh, he, he did it, and he'd make you feel like a great coach. And usually people think you did the things for the ball players, but the ball players do a lot of things for you. How good does that sound? A humble Eddie Robinson. Of course, mm -hmm. all the praise goes to the players. And what that experience must have been like to watch uh, one of your favorites, Doug Williams, in the Super Bowl and to have a performance like that. Yeah, yeah, very cool. I just think it's really awesome to see. Well, I don't think it will ever be replicated, a guy staying at one school over the course of, yeah. what is it, six different decades? Right, I mean, from the forty, he he coached in the forties, and then he coached in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, that's that's incredible. Well, along those lines, of course, there were some opportunities as he went along, and of course, his reputation and the wins continue to pile up at Grambling. The question asked Eddie Robinson centered around, oh, why didn't you leave Grambling and perhaps entertain ideas of going to the NFL in some capacity? And this was his response: I just never had a mind. I never wanted to coach pro football. I don't know why I never had a desire to coach football, pro football. I never, I, I enjoy uh, training people to go into pro football, but I've always figured I had unfinished business at Gremlin. Uh, everybody used to tell me, Eddie, we want you in pro ball. You, we need you in pro ball. I said, well, you go in pro ball yourself. I don't, I don't want to coach uh, pro, and it's the same way. I enjoy talking to all the scouts. I enjoy talking to the guys when they come back, but it's just not my cup of tea. Robinson had his opportunities. The Hall of Fame college coach 
had an interview with the Los Angeles Rams. Carol, I want to get one thing clear. I'm not prepared to take the job if you offer the job to me. I say, I'm out here, I got a team ready to play at home, and I went on to tell him, and I said, if I would seriously consider the job, I got to go back and talk to some people. When I got through that, he said, Eddie, is that the only thing worrying you? I said, yes, sir. I said, yes, Cal. <laughs> he said, well, let me tell you something. He said, now, when I hire you and if I hire you, he said, boy, it's going to be some people mad with me. You've been at Grambling, and I'm going to come in and take you away from Grambling. Boy, my name will be Mud. Great stuff. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Eddie Robinson also had several jobs other than football, including teaching at Grambling High, coaching the girls' basketball team during World War II. His girls' team lost the state championship by one point. He also coached boys' basketball, baseball, directed the band, and was in charge of the cheerleaders with a budget of $46. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Huh. Almost had a high school state championship added to his resume. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, Eddie Robinson died in uh, April 3rd, 2007. If you do get an opportunity, and if you have some youngsters, I encourage you to go by the Eddie Robinson Museum over there in Grambling. It is certainly worth your time. It is exceptional. You been there, Jake? I haven't. I have not. Maybe I'll take you on a field trip. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll you'll pick pay up off the price your bets, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll get you in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. We certainly enjoyed that. Let's finish up uh our week with our parting shots coming up after the break on the morning drive. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing The King of the Road, the King of the Road Car King The area's newest lawn equipment pro center is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only Cub dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with over 100 Cub Cadet mowers on the ground and ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. Remember YP, Yard Power. Highway 165 North in Monroe and just off New Nacogdoches in West Monroe. Even if you're a big-time basketball fan, there might be a few facts about the game you don't know. Like, did you know the first hoops were actually peach baskets? Or that a warm basketball is bouncier than a cold one? Or that players can run as much as four miles during a game? Well, here's another fact that you might not know. It's actually really helpful when you buy a car. True Car also helps you get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. Don't get me wrong. They're great for that. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid. So you know if you're getting a good deal before you even buy the car. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. So when you're ready to buy a new or a used car, Check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 
Some features not available in all states. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Hot and humid conditions in the forecast for today with the high of 96 degrees. Mostly clear skies on tap for tonight. A low 78. Mostly sunny skies with a 30% chance of rain on tomorrow and the high of 96 degrees. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. Before we get to our parting shots, let's go to the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Chuck joins us. What's up, Chuck? Uh, how are you doing, you two, uh, this morning? I just wanted to call and let you know you did a great job of uh, of uh, talking about uh, Coach Eddie Robinson. Uh, I, my, my family went to Grambling, and uh, I saw those years of uh, Coach Rob, all the great. I was at the game uh, I was, uh, as a child when he broke Bear Bryant's record. And nice. Also, uh, also, I was at the uh, homecoming game when Hammer came, uh, and with you all might not know, you know, Hammer's uh, family is from uh, up in Bastrop. He had uh, Louisiana ties, as you said, the Burrells, uh, they were, uh, up there in Bastrop. And also, um, and also, Chuck, let me ask you, uh, what, what was that? What was that scene like with uh, MC Hammer's making his way through the crowd? Oh yeah, she was so many people at that game, and uh, he when he went down the field, the uh, the. the uh, public address announcer had to had to tell tell them he had that big old group of people. He had to tell them to the, uh, they were walking in the end zone area, tell them uh, tell them to, to get back into the stands. <laughs> yeah, because uh, <laughs> they were holding things up. Yeah. Oh, nice. And uh, the Eddie Robinson Museum. Uh, you, yeah, feel free to go by and look. Well, the, the mission is free. Uh, the only thing they have a box there that you want to give a donation. Uh, it's free. I, I've been to both museums. I've been to the Eddie Robinson and the Paul Bear Bryant Museum. Uh, I went there when I went to the Alabama LSU football game last year. And uh, you pay a fee. I think it's $2 at the, at the Bryant Museum. But at the Eddie Robinson Museum, it's, it's free. And, uh, and if you happen to go there, and uh, sometimes uh, uh, legendary baseball coach Wilbur Ellis is usually around there. He, he, yeah, he's a welcoming person. And they have a box that you just sign, sign, the, uh, sign the book when you go in. That's all you have to do. Great. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks for listening, bud. Appreciate okay. the comments. You take care. You'll have a nice weekend. All right. You bet. Uh, Georgia Trappé is uh, on vacay this week, but uh, certainly if you get an opportunity, go out and visit one of his establishments, head out to the field house. Uh, of course, Portico or Traps. Traps would be a great place tonight to get on that patio and just kind of unwind. And, of course, out on Saturdays at Portico, it is certainly starting to rock. If you want to take in a game, a Major League Baseball game this weekend, Make your way over to the field house. Jake, at some point, I promise, man, I will pay up. I don't believe any of your would, lies. Could, would breakfast, if I just bring some donuts, that way they don't have to go socialize with you and <laughs> go out to a restaurant and be seen with you? <laughs> Can uh, I do that instead? Yeah, yeah, that, that'll work. <laughs> or if Warren just continues to bring uh, chicken that biscuits, count. does that count? That's not, that's not my coming debt? out of your pocket. No, no, no. Come on, man. No, sir. Uh, let's get to our parting shots. Look here. Look here, Blondie. God, I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that. And you and Nick up there at your little Punch and Judy show, y'all kind of made fun of it and went on to the next subject. I don't know why we can't understand that. And y'all treat me like garbage, man. Well, I don't really care to answer the critic. Y- y'all trumped up all over me. Wrong. That is absolutely wrong. I'm a crowd pleaser. That's what I do. I try to play to my crowd. And I don't really care about that. It's the end of the conversation. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Uh, I'll go, Jake. I don't even know what you have. Uh, we mentioned it, of course, at the top of the hour news I had yesterday on KNOE, a coaching change out at OCS. We talk about 
coaches that have made impacts on players and, of course, students throughout the years. Uh, Daniel Bristow stepping down at OCS, longtime defensive coordinator and, of course, a track coach for the Eagles. Just uh, you, you put the news out and you hear the news that he's stepping down after over 20 years at OCS. And then you start to see and hear from the feedback from the players and the students that he impacted. And it just starts to, you start to realize just what he meant to that school and to so many different athletes. There's some bright things on the future for Daniel Bristow, and I just uh, wish him well as he moves on. This is a substantial loss, though, for OCS, not only for academics, but also for that school overall. Absolutely. Agreed. My parting shot this morning is about a guy who was targeted frequently by Gawker.com. Uh, he is buying the domain now. So I think this is a, a funny story. Brian Goldberg, who is the co-founder of Bleacher Report, uh, is in the process of owning that domain after Gawker has repeatedly uh, had headlines that have smashed him in the past. Uh, headlines like uh, he, he's also the Bustle CEO. Bustle CEO is even more of a self-serving blah, blah, blah. And uh, anyway, I just think it's funny when someone who uh, was mocked by a company actually goes out and buys that company. So, you know, they have to well, love You can't beat them, not join them, but go ahead and buy them. Go buy them, <laughs> right? It's like, it's like Boogie with uh, the Warriors. So you do away with that problem. doesn't have to worry about him bashing Yeah, no more headlines against you, right? Or you can fire that person. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny. All right, Jake. And I, I'm not going to try to persuade you not to go to church on Sunday. <laughs> but. That would be very wrong of yeah. you. But. Come on. How about just tape? Uh, it's not even tape. Okay, time out. DVR. You think if I'm not even willing to watch it live, you think I'm going to record it and then go back and watch it? Fast forward to where the goal happens. Why would I do that? Why not just pull up a three-minute highlight tape? Come on. I'm smashing your argument to Come pieces. Come on. Croatia, France. It doesn't get any better. Are you going to watch it? Yes. Are you going to skip church for it? Ooh. I want you to tell everyone in Northeast Louisiana, are you going to skip church for a World Cup game? Uh, the wife's out of town this week. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> that is awful. Yeah, that is. Man, God, Jake. Talk about points, uh, painting somebody in the corner. You know what's even worse is if you go to church and you have it on your phone. Oh, that's not going to happen. Okay, good. That is not going to happen. That's good. You think anybody will do that this, this Sunday? No, there's not a chance. Okay. This isn't like NFL Sunday. Well, that's, what, that's my whole point. I mean... Come on, you got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm I want you to record it and watch it. I want you to watch it and and try to avoid spoilers, and then come in here and break it down for us. Well, how hard would it be to avoid the spoilers? How many people on Twitter do you follow that will be all in on? Well, the I'm saying I'm sure you have. Well, I, actually, I shouldn't be so sure. I think you probably have the ESPN app, <laughs> and I'm sure they're going to send notifications on it. But then again, Aaron, I would not be surprised if you don't have that or any sports app. All right, what are you looking forward to this weekend in the sports world? <laughs> what was that response? What was that sound bite? Uh, you know, what what is going on in the sports world? Mm. This is, these are the World Series days. of Poker. We're down to the final table. Hey. Do you watch Wimbledon. more of that? Wimbledon. Yeah. I'm, I, I might watch a little Wimbledon. I don't know. Mm. By accident. I watched a little World Series of Poker last night. Uh, the crowd was very active. They had been uh, they had a few beverages in them. Yeah. I haven't seen that interaction before. I've never seen that either. That would be a tough uh, sell for me to go watch World Series of Poker in the audience. How do you keep track of what's going on? 
I'm sure they had, you know, video screens, right? Well, if they had their video screens, wouldn't they then be able to, uh, some kind of hand signals to tip off to actually the participants on the table? That's a good point. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, why would you ever go live? <laughs> you better be a family member out there. Just here for moral support. <laughs> Everybody have a fantastic weekend. I promise we will do better next week. <laughs> hey, you know, it's the summer, man. It's you the you summer. can't use that excuse all year. Dude. No, well, I mean, we, I thought we had a pretty good week. Today we might have dropped the ball a little bit, but, you know, it happens. Well, you know who's going to pick up the fumble and run with it? The guys from the A. That's right. They are giddy. They are raring to go. It is Friday. They're up next on Sports Talk 97.7. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.